Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. I'm Greg. We've got a yeah, the second lockdown pod. We're, we're in separate rooms of different houses. Is it the whole East Coast lockdown right now or is it just New South Wales, Sydney? Uh, it's not Melbourne, but everywhere else. Not Melbourne. They've had enough lockdowns though, fair enough. They have. Shout out to all our lockdown uh, uh, friends of the show. Hope you're doing okay. Mm. Maybe you're out mm. by now because we're a couple of weeks ahead. Well, maybe you're not. Who knows how long this thing's going to go for. But here we are. Mm. Here we are. Here we are. I've had a couple of uh, I've had a couple of looseners. I'm not going to lie, Tristan. Oh, I've had a couple of wines myself. It's uh, it's par for course at this in these moments. What else are we supposed to do? But uh, look, it is nice to be able to nestle in on a Saturday night and produce a pod. It really eventizes the podcasting, doesn't it? It does. It takes it. It takes it from not that it's a chore, but it is something you got to squeeze into the week, and you're like, "All right, we'll schedule it in." It starts to feel like work, but now it's very much the highlight of the day of the mm. week, perhaps. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wine helps. Hey, um, airplane. Airplane or flying high? Flying high. As it was known in Australia and maybe other places. Is that because we say aeroplane? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Is this a new year for us? I think it is. I was was shocked because I was looking through all the old – usually when I look at the box office, I just search my notes for that year and there's no movies we've done from 1980. This is a brand new year for us. This is it. 1980. We've done 81, we've done 82, we've done 83, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. We've done them all. 10. Except for 1980. 1980, 10, we've done that too. Uh-huh. But not this one before. What do you got for us, Greg? Well, I haven't actually focused in on something specific from 1980. I've gone a bit rogue today. Oh, you're crazy, man. Crazy guy. So something in this film piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that was... I guess big for me in the 80s. Um, obviously, I'm talking about Tupperware. Ah, really? <laughs> Tupperware. Now, Tristan, what do you know about Tupperware? I know that when I put Spag Bowl in there, it's never the same. Was Tupperware big for you? <laughs> Tupperware is massive for me. I hate packing it away because it, it's like a game of Tetris. Trying to it fit is. it in a little But little actual Tupperware, there. not just like the brand Tupperware. The brand Tupperware. I think some of it is Tupperware. Isn't it like well, I don't know, maybe it's not. Well that's the was thing. Was it was it <laughs> It's all an illusion. It's Tupperware's a brand, but a lot of, you know, the stuff that we use isn't Tupperware. It doesn't like have the Kleenex. doesn't have the patented burping seal. <laughs> I got so, one of those. So legit Tupperware was my house was full of when I was a kid. It, it dates back. Yeah, it was, I think I had it. Yeah, it was big in back in the day. And it was developed yeah, big in, in our households. 1946 it dates back to. Wow. A chap by the name of Earl Silas, you guessed it, Tupper. 
from Massachusetts. And he used to wear it as a hat. Wow. As a hat, which was the <laughs> style at the time. Yeah, Tupper. So, wear it. do you want to hear the story? Do you want to hear a bit of background on Tupperware? I'm drawn in. So, this guy, Earl, had a vision of making, you know, plastic goods for storing, mm. for storing your leftovers. Foodstuffs. For your foodstuffs, or, or as he liked to call them, planovers, mm. which is a term I can get around or at least try to. Mm. So Tupperware became really big back just post-World War II actually. So World War II, the blokes have gone off to fight. The women went to work, as you know. It's a right. very, very broad They went to play baseball, of, I believe. And they played some baseball. Yeah, very well, I would say. Um, yeah. And... You know, the guys came home from the war and the women were expected to, air quotes, you know, get back in the kitchen. That was kind of like that's, you know, that's not my yeah. line. Um, and rightly so, the many of the women felt like a, you know, a loss of identity with the work they were doing and being forced back into these remedial tasks. So... That, in conjunction with a, a source of revenue, of income, I should say, for the for the house, um, yeah. on you know post-war tough times, they set up this sort of direct marketing strategy, and they had these Tupperware parties. So women would invite other women over, and you'd have a couple of glasses of bubbles or whatever they did at the time, and yeah, right. flog Tupperware. Oh. Um, and it was quite a thing, and it was probably a good was thing. Was that the first for, of its kind? I believe so. Yeah. Right. I believe so. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I think direct marketing, you know, network marketing, it was mm. – if it wasn't the origin, it's early days. It's early days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as we all know, this has taken many shape or forms now. I think probably health and well-being seems to be the, the more chosen variety of uh, that style these days. Yeah, with the social medias. The social yeah. medias and everything. So Tupperware is kind of the origin of that stuff and it's, um, you know, it definitely – we had a Tupperware party at my house, I'm sure of it, in the 80s. Really? Yeah, for wow. sure. The products are still going but it's funny because you, you associate – put it in the Tupperware. Like it's it's one of those brands that kind of owns its product. Even like if the Duna. Product, like Duna. For Australians. Post-its. I'm pretty sure there's – Post-its. Just, I think they only have Post-its actually. That's a terrible example. No, they have they have off brand ones. They're not as good. They never mm. stick the same. They never are. Kleenex, that's one they always Band Aid. Band Aid's a good one. I used to work on Band Aid. That was there a big challenge. What about? Um, I think I sent you a clip. Oh, you did. Yes. This is a, a little a little talk to a little voice of the '60s. Actually, it's going back a bit further than our app, but hey, we're the boss of the show, so. This is Tupperware. The airtight plastic containers that keep good foods fresher, longer. Here's how. Put in the food, put on the patented Tupperware seal, then press down the center of the seal and lift a little at one side. Hear that whisper? That's Tupperware's airtight promise to keep foods flavor fresh. Tupperware comes in all shapes, all sizes. You can freeze it. Stack it any which way. It won't leak or spill. Tupperware keeps aroma and flavor locked in. 
And because you can see what's inside, no more forgotten leftovers. Just good, fresh planovers. The one way to buy Tupperware is a fun way. At a Tupperware home party, where you can see it demonstrated and order the Tupperware you need in fresh sun, sea, and sky colors. To find out about Tupperware parties, look in the yellow pages under housewares or plastics, or write to Tupperware Orlando, Florida. Stay tuned because later on we'll show you a beautiful gift that can be yours if you go to or have a Tupperware party between now and May 6th. It feels like there should be a movie about that, that, that whole narrative of like the men went to war, the women went to work, and then they were expected to just go back to the way it was, but things had moved on. Absolutely. And something called Tupperware came along that gave an opportunity to get that entrepreneurial spirit back. Yeah, I reckon there it's must interesting. be some, there's got to be some amazing stories from the era where, yeah. you know, women have leveraged that to, you know, springboard into some sort of career or commercial success for sure. You'd think so. Got any Tupperware stories, friends of the show? You got any? The Tupperwars. Oh. I just named it. Story by. Story by. Wow. Wait, so what was the connection to the movie? Oh, in the film, she she's trying to sell when they do the flashback to them in Africa. She ah, has a she has right. a Tupperware party with the natives. <laughs> this film is so dense. <laughs> it's so I, dense. I was watching some clips today, and there were jokes I didn't even notice. Still, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much in there. When you're sitting there trying to take notes as you're watching it, you look down for a second to write something in your phone. You missed three jokes. It's crazy. It's wild. Mm. I'll watch this again, but that. we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. Big gift for Tupperware potentially for some people. The Tupper Wars were big at the time, um, mm-hmm. where one can assume, story by. Big gift for movies too. A new year. So I will go through the top ten. The number oh. one film in the world. The number one film in the world. It was a Star War. Uh, the Empire Which Strikes one? Back. Is that the second one? I think so. I think Episode it is. five. The Empire yeah. is the bad guys and they strike back. Because they're, they're getting the it's just the, it's the Tupper Wars all over again. Yeah, it's yeah, it's an intergalactic Tupper War. Ethel strikes back. Nine to five, stir crazy. Coming in at number four, a little film called Airplane. Number five, any which way you can. Number oh, six, Private Benjamin. Number seven, Coal Miner's Daughter. Number eight, Smoking the Bandit Part Deux. Number nine, Friday the Thirteenth. Number ten, The Blues Brothers. But Ooh. as I mentioned, coming in all the way at number four, which was a surprise to me, kinda. The number four film in the world in 1980. Was airplane? Airplane, June nineteen eighty is when it came out. A budget of only a measly three point five million dollars. With a gross of a opposite of measly, $171 million. Huge. Wow. 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 Huge. Rotten Tomatoes score, critic score of 97%. We did Jaws last week, 98%. This is 97%. Audience score of 89%. Critic consensus, though unabashedly juvenile and silly, Airplane is nevertheless an uproarious spoof comedy full of quotable lines and slapstick gags that endure to this day. There you have it. There you have it. It's a critically adored number four movie in the world. But was it a big movie for you, Greg Carney? Absolutely not. Yeah, right. 
Uh, I think uh, no, it was probably just the timing of it. It was a few years before I was yeah. born, and this type of thing, you know, you, we're naked gunmen. We're naked gunmen. So, yeah. and I, I, you know, we we did naked gun a long time ago. Um, yeah, hundred episodes ago. A hundred episodes ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's episode wow. 20 or something, 21. Um, and in that episode I wow. talked about how I got taken to see Naked Gun in the school holidays with my brother and my mum drove us. And we, she did the old, that's it, I'm turning the car around because we were fighting in the back <laughs> on the way. I remember it very clearly. So what year did Naked Gun come out? 90? 89 or something. Yeah. So by that age I was, well, I love Naked Gun. Yeah, um, it's the best. But this was a fair bit earlier. So it probably, yeah. it would have been probably, like my parents probably loved it. That's probably why dad yeah. sent us to see Naked Gun because he loved Leslie Nelson after this. Yeah. But it wasn't big for me at all. I, I actually don't think I've seen it. I definitely haven't seen it beginning to end. And I don't know how much I've seen it. I haven't seen it. it beginning to end. Yeah. I My memory embarrassing, of this movie that's an embarrassing is. Admission, I will, I will own that. I think it's one of those ones though, like there's a lot of, classic movies that, you know, just haven't got around to. Mm. And you're almost saving them in a way, which is part of the beauty of the pod as well. Because then once you start, once we started on this podcast, it's almost like, well, I can't watch it now. Now I'm going to have to wait till the episode because you want it to be a pure, mm. pure experience. But um, what about you? I'm similar. I've seen bits. So I, I feel like it was on TV a lot at, at an early age. And so I would see bits. And I think it was one of those movies where I didn't, Maybe my parents were watching it or something mm. and it took me a while to even realise it was funny because it's so straight. Yeah. Um, I do remember there were boobs in it for a brief second, that, that but that was definitely seared into my memory as, you know, you take note. You take note of that kind of thing. They were good boobs. <laughs> and, uh, That's all I'll say. <laughs> so needless to say it was earmarked as something I must revisit. But a bit like you, I never really got around to watching the whole thing. Uh, I feel like I probably – and. We'll get into the rewatch later, but now having watched it, I realised, yeah, most of what I saw was really just the the beginning. So it's probably one of those things I just fell asleep to as a child yeah. or something. But um, but like you, obviously, big fan of Naked Gun. We are big fans of Leslie Nielsen on oh, this podcast. He's a lord. Of course, he is a lord. He is a lord. I've spoken before about my my fandom for Leslie Nielsen actually tricked me into my fandom for Steve Martin yeah. because I thought they were the same person. Yep. Yeah. What with the white um, hair and such? That was all it took. <laughs> uh, They've uh, both been 70 for 50 years. I can't seems. wait to talk a little bit more about Leslie. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Don't you just love him? He's the best. Imagine if he was your grandfather. Wouldn't that be great? Don't get me wrong. I love uh, my grandparents. Are awesome, I mean, but yeah, but I'm, come on. Like I'm, <laughs> I dig fart jokes enough as it is. Yeah. We'll talk about his fart thing later. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll get into the origin story, shall I? Yeah, press the button. Origin story. Z A Z. Zaz. Zucker. Abraham. Zucker. David Zucker. Jim Abrahams. Jerry Zucker. Not to be confused the, 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 with Ziz, the um, prolific bodybuilder slash um, social king media. King of aesthetics. King of aesthetics yeah. that died of a heart failure. R.I.P. 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 Not to be confused, no, we're talking about The Funny Man, the three-way directory trio of, of this particular film, Airplane. Um, these guys, uh, you know, these are, these are behind-the-scenes men, 
You know, mm. back in the day when we realised we were Leslie Nielsen fans, indirectly it turned out we were ZAZ fans. Yeah. We've talked a bit about their background before, obviously, on um, the Naked Gun episode. Um, but to recap, they met as children. They went to college together. They started a theatre in 1971 called Kentucky Fried Theatre. They eventually released a film called Kentucky Fried Movie in 1977 mm. featuring uh, one George Lazenby. George Lazenby? Thank you. I wasn't waiting for that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But before that movie came out, they actually had a crack at writing another film, one that was heavily influenced by the disaster movies of yesteryear. And... Um, The way it came about was they used to record late-night television fishing for interesting material, usually based on the commercials that would air late at night. Uh, But would you know it, one night they recorded a film called Zero Hour and in reviewing the tape they're like, this thing is perfect. It is the perfect template for us to build a comedy upon. It's already kind of funny. And it was about... An airplane disaster. A flight, an airplane disaster where there was food poisoning, yada, 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 yada. And when I say like it provided them the template, like quite literally this became the template for airplane slash flying high. They didn't really know how to write or structure a film. they just done sketches. And so they literally used (laughs) the whole structure of the film and just added jokes here and there. Mm. So they were so close to, to that film, Zero Hour, that they ended up actually securing the rights because they weren't sure if they could even get away with like par- parody law. Yeah, uh, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, they got the rights for two and a half grand. Two and a half grand. Yeah, I've got a trailer for Zero Hour, which you get the vibe. It is extremely close. Put yourself in this man's place. Aboard a transcontinental plane, suddenly half the passengers, including your own son, are struck by a paralyzing deadly illness. And then in the midst of the panic and confusion, the stewardess tells you to come forward to the pilot's compartment. This is what you find. A pilotless plane running wild in a stormy sky. Can you fly this airplane and land it? No, not a chance. You're the only chance we've got. How could he fly a plane again after the horrible experience that had sapped his courage and ruined his life? You get the idea. I get, I get it. I'll put that on the Instagram because uh, vis- even visually there is so much <laughs> going on there that it's so similar to the film we're talking about. Isn't it? Um, so they're very close. And it's funny because, again, we'll get into the rewatch, but in watching it one of my first thoughts was, oh, it's so interesting that they've just come up with this idea and it doesn't seem to necessarily be a spoof of any particular genre or whatever. Not knowing that there is, I guess, a whole genre of not just disaster yeah. films but but uh, disasters in the sky, uh, and that this is a one very specific film that is based on. <laughs> they've basically picked That's a genre that was the style at the time, and picked a yeah. film within that. And it's scary movie scream, basically. It's, it's yeah. as yeah, it's dead on. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, which I'm sure you've got a bit more on that, given um, which Zucker, yeah, there's a Zucker. Well, there's some heritage, yeah, there's good. some heritage there for sure. Yeah, nice. Um, wow. So they finished writing this thing. Wow. They finished writing this thing in about 1975. At the time they called it The Late Show and it included fake commercials. So the idea was this sort of high concept thing of you're watching a late night movie and there's commercials in it and, you know, it was going to be black and white and it was. Nice. Yeah. That's happened a few times, hasn't it? Did did Tarantino do that with his grindhouse things? Did he do 
Yeah, he did it with the greenhouse, not inside the movie, but prior, like trailers. Um, they were fake movie trailers, not ads. So he didn't do ads. What about um, the great man Verhoeven in, in Robocop? He did ads, didn't he? He did ads. I'm on that for a dollar. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah, he did it. It's an yeah. interesting thing. They obviously like to dial up the the whole era of what they're trying to portray. Yeah. And like well, you know, what, the, what, what was the style at the time? What was on TV? What were the ads? The irony of this I realised. Was it irony? Sometimes we use that word incorrectly, don't we? Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> it went 360. But it's funny that the way I ended up first being exposed to this film was just late at night on TV and I didn't necessarily know whether it was a comedy right away. So it, it almost delivered on that initial concept years later to a young Tristan. Mm. Um, so they wrote this thing, but you know what? They couldn't sell it, Greg. No one was interested. Who are these kids? Just a couple of college kids? Well, who are you? I don't know. You, what are you, what are you got for me? So it was around this time that they somehow met John Landis, the Animal House guy, the Blues Brothers guy, mm-hmm. and um, – he said they should just make a movie based on their theatre sketches and that's how the Kentucky Fried movie was born. Mm. And this is not to say, uh, so that movie came out. This is not to say that that movie suddenly made them famous and everyone wanted a piece of their action, but it did give them confidence, experience and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the key takeaways was we need to direct this movie. We're not just selling this script to give away to someone else. We need to direct this thing. And eventually they speak to Michael Eisner, um, who was later a Disneyman but at the time was a Paramountman, and they strike a deal. And much to their delight, they didn't really get fucked around with all that much either. There was a couple of negotiation points which were probably for the better. They ditched the ads because it was it kind of interrupted the, the plot um, and they did it in colour instead of in black and white and a few other bits and pieces. I think they helped them uh, build out the dialogue a little bit more and just – just help them. So yeah. the way they talk about it is very, very positive, That's, which is nice is, to hear. good to hear. It's the opposite of Last Action Hero. Exactly. Yeah. Young kids with yeah. new ideas just need a little bit of direction and support and stability. Nurture them. Nurture the talent. When you have a, early ideas are fragile, you know, and it's easy to kill them. Uh-huh. You need to nurture them. You need to nurture them. And um, – Core to this idea, which we haven't really talked about up until this point, this kind of meta idea of casting serious actors yeah. in almost all of these roles. That's kind of the, the whole idea, really. It's one yeah. thing to, to take that movie and kind of spoof it, but the casting is just such a fucking great idea. Now, uh, most of these actors needed convincing. So Robert Stack who I don't know a ton about, but I just know him as the Unsolved Mysteries guy. He oh. was the guy on the ground. You look at a familiar face, right? He, he had, not he had Bridges, the voice, the other one. actually. He had the voice, yeah. So yeah. I didn't do the legwork because I, I was looking forward to finding out by you. Um, <laughs> and I actually thought he was like a recurring Simpsons character or something because his voice was so... He might be. He might I be. I think he was in... But he's, he's popped up in character as the Unsolved Mystery guy. I think in... Um, Maybe in Wayne's World or something, but um, he—that's his. To me, at least, that's his iconic thing. He was a serious actor. He's got a great well, voice. But I don't know any of those movies. Yeah, um, Lloyd Bridges needed convincing too, but his children, obviously, Bo and Jeff, 
um, convinced him. <laughs> do the movie, Daddy. Do the movie. Um, Peter Graves, the Mission Impossible guy, the pilot. The yeah. pilot that wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The pilot, the pedophile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And on that, he thought this was the, like a tasteless script. And <laughs> there's this anecdote from the Zuckers that said... Um, the line about have you ever seen a grown man naked, like he didn't want to do it. <laughs> and they told him, don't worry, it gets explained later in a scene that you're not in. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see all these guys interviewed now and they're, well, a few years ago, and they're all like, oh, yeah, whatever. But at the time you can imagine that these are serious dudes, man. They don't necessarily, uh, they're not used to this. <laughs> This kind of shit. You know who didn't need a lot of convincing though was Mr. Leslie Nielsen. Les. Yeah, so the the role of Dr. Rummick. Uh, But before it landed with uh, Sir Leslie, there was talk of... Nice choice of words. (laughs) uh, Dom DeLuise, who I don't know a lot about, Christopher Lee and Jack Webb, who I don't know a lot about. But Christopher Lee did 1941 instead, which is that... I've never seen that comedy that Spielberg did, which is which is famously pretty bad. But eventually they found Leslie Nielsen, who we've talked about before, who up until this point had been a serious actor, not necessarily a huge actor. He'd been in lots of stuff. He was a bit of a that guy. Yeah, right. He he was 54 in this movie. He hadn't done a comedy until 54. That's Just think about it. You could be doing something completely different when you're 54. It's mind-boggling. And so many of... So many of the people we love that we talk about who either started late or, or started Sanders. in comedy and then went Colonel Sanders, <laughs> Ray Romano, Deborah, I lost a sigh. I lost my sigh on Sesame that's, Street. <laughs> that's always exciting, right? But this I think is particularly exciting because yes. it's comedy. And, and the to trend- go from being so distinctly serious, it doesn't really happen so much these days because this came up when we did um, – Naked Gun as well and we're thinking of who could you take as a serious actor now and put them in a comedy and it would be shocking. Like they all kind of already do it. And yes. um, or try like to John Hamm or a Mark Wahlberg or, you know, they all, yeah. But I think it's just part of the, the deal now as a movie star. They've got, they just, they're just quite, they do it all. They're, they don't, just, they're not necessarily as, yeah, as they're niche. More, they're, they're more open to subverting stereotypes or. Yeah. That's just it's just par for course a little bit, you know. We've seen that many actors mm. going to. Well, we'll probably talk a bit more about this later, but actors swapping mm. genres. You know what the closest might be is when actors play themselves as an asshole, like on extras or oh, on Cobra yeah. Enthusiasm. That stuff's good. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, for this guy, he he'd been a closet funny man, and he was excited to finally get to do some comedy on screen at the age of 54, no less. And so he showed up fight machine in hand. Um, in terms of other casting, the role of Ted Stryker was written for Sir David Letterman. Is he a sir or you've just given him that? Oh, I've given him that. <laughs> just curious. Uh, <laughs> he's a sir to us. Yeah. It was written for him. So these guys, he was very influential for the young comedy men um, and the ZAZ crew are no different. There is actually also a screen test that is publicly available, which I will play a clip of now so you can see why he did not get the role. Now, this, this, the guys were 
on Letterman's show and showed it on his show, and he was he was very embarrassed. Here's a clip. Thank you so much. Welcome back. Uh, Jim Abrams and uh, Jerry Zucker and David Zucker are now with us, and we were discussing uh, the motion picture Airplane, which made so much money, but you, you're now involved with another project. Is that correct? Yes, but enough about us. <laughs> we actually brought with us the screen test. The screen test of David Letterman. Right. Let me, for Airplane. Yeah, now let me, uh, just before... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, before we get into this, and I guess there's no way to prevent this, no, I, this, is, this is a bit of a film that I have not seen, mm. and it was made w- when? <clears throat> this is the usual disclaimer, I assume. I have not seen this, and I had uh, no real interest in seeing it. Um, I guess it's obvious that I didn't get the part. Um, it was close, huh? Yes. It was a photo finish. Um, it was this done was in 1979. 79. Yeah. And this is me testing for this... For the role. Yes. For the lead role in the airplane. All right. Uh, and I guess we have that. That's, I guess <laughs> that's here. And we okay. Have, it's a big surprise. Okay. I have not seen this. I'm not eager to see this. We'll have fun. Ted, we got a telegram this morning from headquarters. Headquarters. What is it? It's a big building where the officers meet. But that's not important right now. You're taking all the blame for what happened on that raid was a pretty courageous thing to do. Was it? Because of my mistake, six men didn't come back from that raid. Seven. Lieutenant Zip died this morning. <laughs> Dr. Chandler says you'll be out in a week. Isn't that wonderful? I wish I could say the same thing for George Zip. You know, maybe... Maybe if I'd have gotten the part, that movie would have made some money. Uh, all right, enough of that nonsense. Let's- you know who else read for the part? Caitlyn Jenner. Ah, back when she, in was, Bruce she was in Bruce form. In Bruce form. I don't know what the what, you, what the rules are around that, but at the time, her name was. Oh, Bruce. in terms of who you who you refer to the person as in the past tense. Yeah, like I who think it could who won all the Olympics? Is it Caitlyn yeah. or Bruce? That's a great yeah. question. I don't know. I think there's there is a there is a thing about that. It could be insensitive, but um, let's move on. Mm. Um, but they went with Robert Hayes, who was a sitcom guy. So going against their rule there, but um, I know they had a few other serious people. So I guess it works out for the part of Elaine, his love or ex love interest. Sigourney Weaver auditioned a young Sigourney. So did Shelley Long, mm. um, from Cheers. And uh, it went to Julie Haggerty. It seems to be her big screen debut. I don't know a ton about her, but this seems to be the first thing she did. Yeah, she's done a couple of these things. Yeah, yeah. She's in um, some of the other Zucker movies. She's in What About um, Bob? Yeah, that's the one. Freddie got fingered. Oh, she's in that. That must be a nod. She's uh, the mum in Freddie Got Fingered. Ah, With Rip right. Torn. Rip Torn's actually number two. Rip Torn. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg. You know what they did then? They got all these people. They put them inside an airplane. Or, uh, or, or them, you know, a fictional airplane. A fictional airplane. They shake them around a bit. Hippity-dippity, bish-bash-bosh. You go yourself a movie at Party of the Viper Room. Play the trailer.
Stand by for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there with the baggage water. Airplane. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music. There is only one river. There is only one sea. Airplane is dancing. Never has the screen been so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Why, I can make half. What a brooch, a pterodactyl, could you get Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. Come down. Get a hold of yourself. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this guy. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Don't be one of the Everything's been pulled. Sister, what are you doing? The most incredible adventure the screen has ever created. He's coming right at us! The big news is... Airplane. Not a bad trailer. Quite a long trailer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, it gave us some themes. It gave us some uh, some some broad topics, perhaps covered in the in the movie. But but what actually happened in the movie, Greg? I well, dying to hear. It's interesting that they positioned the trailer that way, Tristan. I perhaps should have watched yeah. it. <laughs> it is true to the uh, the themes that I chose to touch on in my synopsis. Nice, mm. of course, it being a a classic tale of love, grief, courage under pressure, redemption, mm. action, dancing, mm. Mm. hijinks. Hijinks, yep. Mild racism. Unbridled enthusiasm. Oh, mild racism. There's, 
There's many things here. It's a smorgasbord of things. At the heart of it is a group of people trying to get from A to B the best way how? Flying. Yeah. But what you don't account for in a flight sometimes occurs. Bad food, bad weather, bad pilots, bad guests. Mm. What if you get all of the above? You get airplane. Correct. (laughs) You can't really talk too much about a plot synopsis here, can you, at the end of the day? No, you can't because we talked, obviously, Greg mentioned he hadn't seen this film before, but we decided you can't do a plot prediction and by the same token, you can't really do a plot synopsis because it's just like what the, like the plot is irrelevant. The plot is but a canvas upon which to paint infinity amounts of strokes, which are which are the jokes and the the metaphor is is what is, is what if something? What if a dad joke was a movie? Yeah, <laughs> maybe the brief in twenty twenty one. See, this is the difference though, because dads will laugh. Dads won't play it straight. Elaborate? Do you mean in terms of the cast? Well, it's or? like uh, in the del- delivery of the jokes. Mm. A dad like, oh, hi, hungry, I'm dad. <laughs> mm. Dad, you block your TV, be... move your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg's moving his head. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, there's a problem with the hospital. What is it? Big white building full of patients. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that, supposed to laugh there. But that's good. There's so many. <laughs> There's just so many. There's so many. Don't call me Shirley, obviously. So the don't There's call, so many. Don't call me Shirley. I hadn't, like I'd heard it so much with in regard to Leslie Nelson. It's almost like his catchphrase. When he passed away, yeah, that was like the one that, that was, was the posting. thing and I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get it and it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's good because it came out of bloody so, nowhere. It's like I think. He, he said basic, which we hear a lot in kind of comedies, is you don't know what's going to be the line, especially in a film like, yeah. I mean, a film like this, gosh. But he, he said that that was just, you know, not a line that was going to be a, a line. It ended up being a trademark and almost his catchphrase. It is such a specific, I don't know, I can't break down the artistry of a good joke, but that is just so specific <laughs> The writing that goes into it, like how do you even make that connection? Like it's just – and there's – the thing with this movie, there's, there's so many jokes. And <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just get off my chest <laughs> my favourite line in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, not even, it's not even that funny. <laughs> But it's when he, it's when they, okay, they, they're doing the, so the, the, all the tension is built up. He's in the cockpit. He's going to land the plane for them. And yeah, he comes back he in. Comes, <laughs> I agree. He comes that back in. He comes, he's already said, he's the, he's the, he's the straight laced doctor. He's already said, I wish you, you know, you know, good luck. We're all counting Just want you to know we're all. Yeah, we're all we're counting counting and he, he he says that and he leaves and that's the big pep talk and then he he's midway through the actual crash landing and he comes back in and goes, I just want you to know we're all counting. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's shaking still. It's it's so good. And the thing about that joke and a lot of the jokes in it are uh, they take their time. 
Because sometimes someone will say something and you're like, well, that wasn't very funny, but it was just the seed to be to pay off later. Mm. And like that one, when he when he first walks in and says, um, just what well, do you know, we're all we're all thinking of you or whatever. It's like, okay, that's that was a bit of a serious line for this movie. Okay, that that was weird. Was that supposed to be funny? I don't really get it. But then obviously it pays off later. There's a lot of those. There's oh, my husband doesn't usually have a second coffee, or there's there's um <laughs> The, the guys <laughs> giving away flowers, the hippies giving away flowers. There's all these things <laughs> that are just like they're slow. They take their time. That doesn't have to be instant instant punchline. Um, mm. They don't all work necessarily. But this this is the beauty of this movie. It's so densely packed too that the jokes can pass you. Like if you don't love a joke, there's another joke right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's a volume. It's just game. so many. It's a volume game, yeah. And I would say the strike rate's pretty high. Yes, and you know, you know, we, 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 we're a Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme podcast at the end of the day. So strike rates, <laughs> yeah. volumes, you know, <laughs> output of a fighter, very important metrics yeah. when you look back on, you know, success. Strikes landed. Punch. Overall lines, volume. Punch. Punch lines. lines. Overall volume. It's high. It's high. It's very high. Hey, one thing in the opening of this movie, Jaws. Yeah, we did that last we week. We did that just last week. Just last week. Um, that, I've always thought in the back of my mind it would be kind of cool if if each movie we did there was like some kind of tenuous link between them all. Yeah, and you know that's too. That's it's a very vague idea. But it, it, this so, this week it just so happened to work out. We could the we opening could do was Jaws, that. or we could rely on blind luck and get a strike rate of one out of one hundred and twenty six. I mean, it's worked so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was the rewatch in general for you, though? It was good. I think um, the thing I said earlier about it's hard to take notes and watch this because they just come in thick and fast mm. and you miss jokes. And I think when we did Naked Gun, because we're both big naked gunmen, mm. it was okay if we missed a few. We've seen it so many times. Yeah, we knew all But for this one, material. yeah, I restarted it a few times because I'm like, I'm missing things. And to be fair, sometimes it wasn't taking notes. I was just, you know, on my phone or whatever. I'm like, no, I, this, I have to have phone down. Well, for we've downloaded so TikTok. Many That's things. what's happened. Oh, it's consuming, isn't it? It's all consuming. TikTok's is a vortex. It makes it's, – it's crack to Facebook and Instagram's marijuana. It really is. It is. Um, but I did like this movie. I liked it, but I've got to say – I was waiting a while for Leslie Nielsen to show up. Yeah, I thought he wasn't showing up and I thought I'd just totally had a Mandela moment and he yeah. wasn't coming. Is this like a cameo or something? Well, you messaged it's me. It's not actually. Yeah, I was like, where is this guy? Because that was like maybe halfway, no, maybe not. I went it, but it was a while into it. My my little brain went to as far to think that maybe he was a, a writer. Maybe he got in with his books oh, right. as a writer and he wrote something. Let's put some fights in there, Zooks. And then and they said, oh, why don't you get behind? You, you've been great on set. That was where I was like, he's not coming. Yeah, right. And, geez, I'm glad he did. And he's in there and it elevates oh, instantly. He makes. Instantly. He make, like she, his entrance is so bizarre because is anyone here a doctor? And he doesn't say, yes, I'm a doctor. The person next to him says, I think this person next to him is a doctor. And he's sitting there with a stethoscope. <laughs> Hey, did I did I tell the stethoscope? And he's so serious. Did I tell the Sorry? stethoscope score? Blah, 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 blah. Did I tell the stethoscope story about my mum and dad dating when we did Naked Gun? We wouldn't have. No. 
So speaking of people wearing stethoscopes and being identified as doctors, <laughs> my yeah. mum and dad met at a party back in the day and my dad's brother was at uni studying medicine and dad was good friends oh. with all the guys studying medicine so he'd go to a lot of their parties and, and hang out a lot. And a lot of the girls there would assume all the guys were studying medicine. So <laughs> I'm sure dad maybe embellished on him at that part of his <laughs> life being an accountant by, uh, oh, yeah, baby, I'm studying medicine. So mum came round to dad's to pick him up for a date after they met at this party and dad's like, oh, dad was living either with his brother or one of the, one of the guys, maybe my godfather, uh, who was also studying medicine. Um and like grabbed his stethoscope and like answered the door to meet my mum <laughs> with a stethoscope around his neck. Hey, hey, sorry, I was just uh, doing some study. So good. So the stethoscope around the neck is a is a is a is a powerful tool. He had it in his ears, it like me. he was listening, like he was watching a movie. Yeah, it worked. For, yeah, wow, wow. You wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that move. If it wasn't for the stethoscope, I would not. Yeah. Well. Toasty. Look, I think overall I like I like Naked Gun more, but I think one thing that this film is more committed to is the playing it straight because there's, which I appreciate, because there's some stuff in Naked Gun that I don't love as much where it's a bit like, you know, he will get hit in the balls and go cross-eyed or whatever. Yeah, it's a yeah, bit yeah, like, yeah. I don't love those bits so much. Um, and they, and they this, grew. Is so straight. Over the episode. Yeah. So yeah, by Naked Gun 3 or whatever it was, it was like. A lot of the he was playing slapstick more versus slapstick playing physical straight, comedy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good point. Where this is, this is pure. It's so pure. Mm. He doesn't. His facial expression doesn't change in the whole movie. Basically, <laughs> he's just so straight. He's built. It's amazing. For, he's built for it. I just wish someone they could re. We could. They could do this again. I think um, there's a TV show. Probably talked about this last time called Angie Tribeca. And it's um, it's more like Naked Gun because it's a cop show. But it's uh, what's her name? Ah, fucking, it's Rashida Jones. Oh yeah. So she's done comedies before, obviously, but but she plays it straight very well. So it kind of works, but it's it's not the same impact as having someone like. I mean, obviously, I say this, but we didn't get the impact because the first time we saw this guy was in a comedy. But conceptually, it's hard to replicate. Because I don't know who would be the most serious actor you could think of. Yeah, Tom Cruise maybe, but he's no, still. No, but he's done. The, he's done the bit on Les Grossman, yeah. And I guess that was the moment where he was doing something out of character. I suppose it's just it's not a surprise um, anymore. So it would take. Yeah, yeah. You, it's almost like a move you do as part of your career trajectory. It was like, okay, I've established myself as this. Now I do the thing that yeah. keeps him guessing. You want, yeah, it's, you want, it's you want the checks to come in from now. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it can't be replicated. Um, Cannot, will not. Fish on a flight, terrible idea. Just don't eat, don't eat the fish on a flight. Why do they even have fish on the flight? <laughs> I used to purposely I used to purposely book the back because I used to fly a lot or well, long flights when I'd visit home from New York, right? It's the longest flight you can do. And so I, sometimes I'd actually pick the back row because sometimes I have more leg room because – there will be two seats instead of three or something and you can kind of at yeah, least – you're a tall man. I've got long legs. Yeah. What you, I got, what I'm you? a tall you're a good, man. What are you? You're a good 6'3", right? Eight foot 12. Eight foot 12. Yeah. And 
I, I have one position in a normal seat. I have one position that I can do, or I can stick my leg out in the aisle for a break. But then if I fall asleep, oh, I get it's jammed. The worst. I'm not. I'm and people not walk your... into my shoulder every single time. Every, every single too. time, when someone walks past, they hit my shoulder, and I walk down the aisle, and I'm I'm a Man, wide load myself. I didn't hit anyone. They're me all too. fucking. A hundred percent. I I I land over the aisle with, and my leg might get out there yeah. when I'm sleeping, but definitely my shoulders do, and. And Man, they ram ruthless. you. It's like, did you? And people that line pull on every headrest as they walk down. Yeah, did you line me up? People are the worst. You know what's even worse is when they lean over you to get the baggage. Oh, and they pull yeah. you right back. But yeah, yeah. Why? It doesn't happen in business as much, at all. No, you got the room. No, yeah. no, you just like you um, treated like a human up there. They call you sir without you know finishing it with you're causing a scene. It's very nice. <laughs> well, not always. <laughs> um, so don't order the fish. You know, because uh, uh, that's what caused, uh, the reason I say that is that's what caused the issue on this flight. Everyone got sick. A friend of mine ate the fish on a flight and it was, he got some form, I don't know the word for it, but this poisoning so bad he can't eat fish anymore. It's this, apparently it's this chemical that's in fish and if a fish gets too big or something, there's too much of it yeah, or whatever. Now he has this thing. I don't think it's mercury, but it's something like that. He can't eat fish anymore. Yeah, but basically. if you eat, so maybe he was on this flight. Steak. It's pretty hard to eat steak after that as well. Oh, it's not hard. It's like he can't eat it. He's not allowed. Oh, like by the, by he could die by judges. <laughs> but yeah, by the fish police. <laughs> I've heard of them. Fish police story by fish police. Oh, oh it's all coming it's good. out. <laughs> Um, I heard you say some uh, something about casual racism in the in your plot synopsis yeah, there, which is something which is something I picked up on too. But I, it was interesting because my it was my knee jerk reaction was this feels a little a little off. It's not, the jive talk. Yeah, I checked again. About. It's not really. It's it's just it's, dated. It's, it's it's just dated. It's not and racist at all. I don't think. Yeah, I think what gives it a, a pass. Two things maybe give it a pass. <clears throat> The first is that they genuinely, these guys, Z-A-Z, went and saw Shaft and didn't understand a lot of the dialogue. Mm. And so they thought it would be funny to write some characters like that. The second part that makes it, that gives it a pass is they wrote terrible dialogue trying to write Jive and it was so bad. But they had, they held auditions and these two guys came in, Al White and Norman Gibbs, and they came in with all the dialogue rewritten so they wrote it themselves. The two guys you see in the movie doing the jive talk, they wrote all their own lines. There's, I've got a clip of them talking about it here. It's pretty cool. Well, we came up with the actual dialogue in the movie basically individually. We got together uh-huh. and really couldn't come to any consensus as to what we should do relative to what they wanted. But we knew what they wanted. We, they wanted jive as a language. Yeah. <laughs> Which it is not. You know, jive is yeah. only a word here, a phrase there. But then when you put it all together in a supposed language, it comes out very humorous and funny as it did. We actually created a language. We'd gotten to the yeah. point where in order for it to be consistent, we needed to find a key or a code so that we could actually be able to have a sense of rhythm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. They, um, I think it's, cool. I guess it's just kind of, I know that it's obviously exaggerated for the movie, but probably in the same way where I think in Austin Powers 3, they do 
the Cockney rhyming slang thing where Austin Powers and his dad are saying talking and no one else understands them. Same kind of deal, I suppose, right? So, yeah, I don't think it's too bad, but it's funny. Like my, my first reaction was like, uh-oh, <laughs> like alarm bells start ringing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, maybe the actors themselves might have something to say before I start making my own conclusions. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that I even mentioned it because it's like a default because I kind of winged that that synopsis because you kind of prime yourself for trouble in the film and then you watch it and you're like, oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's not that, I mean, maybe, look, if you're going to do it now, maybe they wouldn't be the only black characters, but. Yeah, and just, man. I mean, there's probably there's probably worse pockets of racism, casual racism in the film, the Asian guy committing sort of hurry, hurry Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a good one. That's probably more. But it's just like, it's just murder. dated a little bit, you know, like that's all. It's dated, that's all. yeah. And the, the it probably would have a bit more nuance. It's a forty-year-old film. It's forty-one years it's 41 old. Isn't that years crazy? Old. Yeah, like that's crazy. Sorry, I feel like I didn't actually ask you overall. Like, did you enjoy the what the rewatch? I enjoyed the, the rewatch. Yeah. Okay. Good. I enjoyed the rewatch. I respect this movie immensely. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, look, uh, you know, at a high level, uh, Leslie Nelson makes it for me, and I think. Um, yeah. I think uh, Julie Haggerty as well. I think those two. Yeah. Um, just nail that. Uh, they just nail what they're kind of trying to do here, which is just be these super straight actors in absurd comedies. She's got a she's got a great um, like Anna Faris in um, Scary Movie. That that same energy. Yeah. They're just so they're yeah, all yeah. in, playing it straight, all yeah. in, and just like they just nail. Yeah. And yeah. I'm such a big Leslie Nelson fan that seeing him come on and having not seen this really and getting to discover yeah. a new movie that a guy I love is in. Like, there's more material? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. – I know people are probably rolling their eyes who go, have you not seen this? But, hey, I haven't. Yeah, whatever. So so getting to watch this and discover new material, particularly for Leslie because I'm just such a fan. Yeah. You know, that alone made it, made it amazing. 100%. That alone – that this movie brought us Leslie Nelson as we know him now. <laughs> Correct. Oh, yeah. It like, makes this – this is an immortal film now. Like The, the viewing I alone. Mean, that's not the only thing this film done. And then, yeah, exactly. And then you, exactly. And then you add on the fact that this is what springboard him into the guy we know, into Frank Drebin. Yeah. It's wild. And this – this was uh, where he debuted his fart machine too. Apparently, he took it on set every day, caused a lot of issues. I've got. We talked a lot about the fart machine last time, but I, I got a clip this time of him. It wasn't promoting this movie, but it was soon after. I think it was promoting um, Police Squad, the TV show. And he's on Letterman, and he breaks out, breaks out the fart machine. Here we go. Now you you had not done a great deal of comedy before Airplane, had you? Or well, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, and like what? What would have been a what would have been a comedy role? Uh, I did a mash. I did, did mash? one. I did one mash, and it was funny. Uh huh. And it was about from ten years ago. Yeah. And um, but it just really depends on you know who sees it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but this the the airplane movie has given you a whole new direction for work, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, now now people, you know, permit me to be in front of the camera. Yeah. 
speaking of speaking of uh, television roles, um, uh, aren't you getting enough fresh fruit? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because. I remember last time we played a clip from Conan where he did the same thing and there's a similar look on both Conan and Letterman's faces where they're just like, this is what, they're, this is what they're I'm not into with. it. Yeah, they're not into no. it. He's like, this is, what is this, the lowest form of comedy or something? But he just genuinely loves it so much. That's why it's so funny because it is just like such a dumb, <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I love it. Apparently he brought, he brought in like, I don't. I want to see what this thing is because it's got different pitches and is it a squeezy thing? It's, I feel like it's a little it's, cow turnover thing, but it, it's got uh, different pitches though, doesn't it? Exactly, and sometimes it's longer and shorter. Mm, uh, is it's very expressive, but I think yeah, his casting and also the other guys, Lloyd Bridges and all those guys, it works so well. Like the the straight man thing, it works really well. And I was thinking. Today, I saw a film recently. I'm not sure if you saw it. Greg, uh, Promising Young Woman. Did you see that movie? No. Not a comedy. Not a comedy. And it's it's quite a serious movie oh. about uh, about uh, fuck. Where do you even start? <laughs> Let's say things like se- sexual assault. It's pretty it's pretty heavy. Pretty heavy stuff. Okay. And but the, they do the inverse of this, and all the men in it. Are very likable comedy guys. So you got like Adam Brody, the guy from um, Max Greenfield, the guy from New Girl, Bo Burnham, who just did that comedy special, and so th- uh, they're doing almost the opposite thing, where it's like your natural instinct is to think these guys are really likable, but they're actually terrible <laughs> humans um, to varying degrees, depending on the characters, but broad strokes. It's sort of, yeah, it's, it's the inverse of this idea, which I thought was kind of cool because I was, Interesting. like we were saying, I was I was trying to think of what's the modern example of this, and there isn't really any because it's just part of the playbook these days. But yeah, the opposite is interesting, isn't it? Taking highly likable guys and making them fucking dreadful. <laughs> yeah, you just you're not going to see a lot. It's of, good movie though. You should watch I it. I like the bravery because you know, like the whole yeah. the whole Hollywood thing is creating your image and building your image and protecting that. Yeah. No one's going to like play a role to mess with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that not to go too deep into that movie, but mm. the, the I guess part of the thesis of that movie is that everyone is part of the problem. So even if you think you're the good guy, you're still part well, of Well, yeah. I mean if I'm kind of basing yeah. that kind of articulation, if I took that to my local park today, Actually, my local yeah. park is probably a bit of an anomaly because it's mostly kids. But most other parks around Sydney, where there was groups of people just hanging out, I'm sure they're all lovely people. Sure. If I met them in other circumstances, but we're in lockdown now, mm-hmm. and people uh, can be very susceptible to this disease, my mother included. Mm-hmm. And I would appreciate they could just stay the fuck home, yeah. and then none of these people would think they're the villain of the story. They do a podcast, uh, but perhaps they are. Yeah. Uh, but you're exactly right. It's that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you cast all these people that are typically the hero of the story, and you put them in as the villain. Almost, it's it's interesting. Uh-huh. Hey, Greg, we touched on it last time, but it was a little confusing because I kept talking about all three of them as almost the same person. But I thought, why don't we do a quick wrap up of what 
Abrahams and the Zucker brothers have been up to yeah, yeah. since good, this good movie. Good idea. Where do you want to yeah, start? Yeah, so the th- why don't I start with the three of them, what they did together. So there was this movie and interestingly there's a few other movies they did together that I am pretty ignorant to which look good. Okay. So the first is called Top Secret, which was their follow-up to this movie and it's supposed to be good. From what I could see, it's supposed to be good. Val Kilmer's first movie. Wow. Can you press some press yeah. some noise buttons, man? Wow. And it's an action comedy. Wow. And um, Val Kilmer's first I can't role was an action comedy. Score, but it was pretty high. That's yeah. Interesting. And it seemed to be a, a piss take of spy movies slash Elvis musical movies and, yeah, all kinds of things. And it's got a, it had a high Rotten Tomatoes score. Like I just want to watch it now basically. Mm. Um Another one called Ruthless People, which was less of a spoof and more of just a straight-up comedy, I believe. That's got Danny DeVito, Judge Reinhold, Bette Midler. And it's where I, I guess they're that. terrible people. It's very familiar. familiar. I feel like maybe it was on TV. Yeah, Danny DeVito wanted to kill his wife or something and then she gets kidnapped, almost like Fargo a little bit. Hey, I think we should do yeah. a Bette Midler something soon. Big business would be my... Was that one of these guys once? She's got her and who's the other? Who's the chicken? Oh, what's her name? Lily Tomlin. Her and Lily Tomlin play these like two people that have born as twins but then they get separated at birth and some go off into high society and the other couple stay in this small little town and then. Well, that's not a that's not a bad segue because that's directed by Jim Abrahams. There you go. Of Z. Of Z A Z, is it? Yeah, um, yeah. So that was to wrap up the other guys, though, all together they did Naked Gun together, and that was it. Then Jim Abrahams, let's start there. He did Big Business with those guys you just mentioned, which I haven't seen, never even heard of. He did um, Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. I've never heard of that. It's got Winona Ryder. He did Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two. So you know, and he did uh, Mafia, the Mafia spoof movie, nineteen ninety eight. And he was a writer on Scary Movie 4, which let's use that as a segue because that was directed by David Zucker. So David Zucker, his solo work was High School High. Remember High School of High? Of course. With John like Lovitz. Like a rise, Exactly. That was classic. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Me too. I'm sure it's – got a feeling it's not good, but I loved it then. I, um, uh, yeah. Basketball. Basketball, of basketball. course, with two of our heroes. He did My Boss's Daughter, which I've not heard of. Yeah. And he did Scary Movie 3 and 4. Which are great. Yeah, the good ones. Good, 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 good. That was the seed planted in popular culture, I think, for uh, old mate Kevin Hart. Yeah, that, for me that's yeah. his best work. And he did another one that I've not heard of in 2008 called An American Carol, which appears to be a Michael Moore parody. Mm. with Chris Farley's brother, Kevin Farley, starring as the Michael Moore type. Interesting. But then let's get to Jerry Zucker, the one that is uh, potentially one of the more interesting, shorter, but potentially more diverse. Friends of the show who have listened to uh, our least listened to episode, Ghost, will know that he directed Our least listened to? Uh, Ballpark, it's not really. We released it around Christmas and so... We re-released it around Christmas last year. That's, so it's just no one listens around that time. That's a shame. It's not least, but it's in the 
it's they're it's all kind of the, around the same. <laughs> they're all the least. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I digress. It is an interesting trajectory, right? Is what you're trying to yeah trying to land without because they didn't really stick with it either. So they didn't really stick with it. It's a bit of a trend now because as well you got one of the Farrelly brothers making Green Book. You got um mm. the the the. The, the Hangover guy making Joker. Oh. He was doing this back in 1990. He did also make First Night with Sean Connery as King Arthur and Richard Gere as Lancelot. I've not seen that. I feel like maybe you would have. Yep. I'm going to teach you how to be a knight. <laughs> <laughs> and then he made Rat Race in 2001. I also like that. Yeah, it's not bad, right? I think it's all right. It's got an all-star cast, I think. I can't really remember it. I get it confused with another <laughs> but it's film. Between them, oh, there's a lot in there. They, uh, between it's them. an interesting film. How, how many films yeah. have you and your brother made? About the same as me and Zero. my brother. Yeah. They don't say yeah, the carnies that's why or the we get along so well. They say the Zuckers. They don't. Uh, I think we're getting to the part of the show where we've had too much wine. Hey, I tell you who wasn't great at the whole... Not not great, but not Leslie Nelson levels of great. De Niro. Oh. Like, was it? You're right. Was it Meet the Parents? He's done a few. Was, was Meet the Parents the first one? That might be the first one. Might be. Yeah. It is in my memory anyway. That's the closest. So apologies if That's I'm probably wrong. the closest to him pulling it off though. Yeah. He played that kind of role in a different setting. But he wasn't like, it's a bit of a it's different because he's still... Yeah, he's not like he's not just walked into another movie l- as a mafia guy. With a straight face. Yeah. Maybe you should have. Maybe you should that, have. Let's should've. replay that through yeah. our heads, in our brains. You're right. He should have done a movie like this because he's done a few comedies, but he's done the, the. It's not the right. He needs to be able to play it straight. Because mm. he'd be a good straight man. But he's done like Dirty Grandpa and like. Mm. Now there's this one, the war with Grandpa. I haven't even seen that, but they're just like they're more they're more based on the shock factor of Robert De Niro doing crazy things. Like in Dirty Grandpa, one of the first scenes is jerking off. Or is something. It? And it's like, well, isn't yeah. that crazy? It's Robert De Niro yeah. and, oh, and Zac Efron's in the movie. Yeah, Ugh. it's a good hangover movie. Is it? I haven't seen it's, it. It's junk. It's it's not good. It's junk, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine junk. Like a like a straight to video junk. Well, a straight to video comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Should we get into the verdict, Greg? <laughs> yes. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. What do you got? You got a little soliloquy for us? You got a little? <sighs> Not so much this time around. I think we've. I think we've covered it. I think that it's really, if for no other reason than giving the world the 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 second half of. Leslie Nielsen's career, this movie is is a classic. My personal, mm. I think I prefer Naked Gun, but I got to respect it. This is like it's this is the blueprint mm-hmm. 
for not just Naked Gun but a lot of movies, scary movie, a lot of movies that have been made since are still using this blueprint, which ironically was based on the blueprint of a very, very serious movie. Mm. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's a good one. I think I'd like to watch it again. Maybe like a hungover Sunday or something when when I get to have those again after going out. But um, but yeah, it was enjoyable. How about you, Craig? Yeah, I, uh, four stars. Four stars. Four four stars. stars. Yeah, I'd like to watch it again as well. I think um, it's uh, it deserves another watch, given the density. The density. If we were at uni in like nineteen eighty three, this would have been on repeat. Yeah, if 100%. they had DVDs then. Because it's it 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 rewards rewatch. I'm sure. Yeah, I will rewatch. I'm actually going to rewatch yeah. it again in the next. You know, I don't know, few weeks. I'm going to look up Top Secret, that other one they did that, with Val Kilmer. That looks interesting, mate. I'll, I'll give it four stars as well. Just that, um, you know, a big portion of that's legacy. It's 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 is an important film. It's dense with silly but often hilarious jokes. I was lolling. And yeah. like honestly, I was pissing myself earlier in the pod just talking about that one scene where Leslie comes back into the cockpit yeah. and says the exact same. And that's line the thing, the, the worst possible. And there'll time. be parts where I, like that's <laughs> it's genius. There'll be parts. Where, it's so good, and it's probably different for everyone, maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but yeah. there'll be parts where I didn't laugh for a while, and then suddenly I'll just burst yeah. out like a moment like that. I'll just burst out. And then they'll be quiet for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. And then there'll be one that's just so absurd. Yeah, I really <laughs> – just, just the absurdity, the deadpan absurdity is the usually the bit that really caught me and I'd find myself like yeah. proper lolling. Uh, did Simpsons do it? I don't think uh, they've so. They've definitely done it. What about when, what about when Homer throws up Marge into the air when they're dancing at the, the Pulp Fiction style – dance off to get and he wins the bike. Oh yeah. And he throws her in the air. And he goes out and It sounds like a reference to Pop Fiction. Walks back in. A fifties bar. Yeah, but the throw in the air. <laughs> he does uh, that to the yeah, girl. Okay. You know what? There's probably lots of little yeah, ones I'm gonna, here. I'm gonna give it that. There's probably a lot. Like, this I think yeah. this film is pops up everywhere, to be honest. Yeah. DNA everywhere. Speaking of DNA, porn parody, I don't <laughs> think so. Aggressive. <laughs> Bechdel test, no, but you know, it would be weird if it did. This hey, can I just check what you think of my FX beanie? test? That looks cool. I like it a lot. You look like a Sherlock Holmes by night, E17 by day. It's not bad, eh? Not bad at all. <laughs> uh, FX test, FX test, yes, I quite like the often. It, sometimes it looked like a toy plane, sometimes it looked pretty good, but um. Inside the plane looked pretty looked good. Looked like a plane to so me. So I give that a big tick for it looked like a good plane. Recast is impossible. MVP, I'm going to give it to Sir Leslie. You. Yeah, I'll give it to Leslie. I thought I thought Haggerty was great as well, but I just, man, call it call it a pre. He As soon as he shows up, it's just, man. Yeah, I was kind of like. Mm, elevates. I wasn't loving it. Yeah, I was like, I get it, I get it, it's fine. And then when he shows up, man, fuck. He's a man, yes. he's a man. He's great, he's great. Um, um, and there was peppers of great like peppers of great mentions all throughout the plane, to be fair. Yeah, 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 they're all great. They were good. 
Uh, next week, I don't think we've buttoned one down yet. Is that my pick? We'll update on this. Yeah, you got, you got, you got a pick. Greg's got to pick one because he had one that is no longer available. So, oh yeah, I'm going to think about this. Greg's pick. Greg's pick. Um, in the meantime, find us on Instagram. Find us on the TikTok. Uh, leave us a review if you would be so kind. It really helps us. It helps us. Uh, get exposure because it puts us up to charts. Reviews are like currency on the Apple mm, Podcast. Yeah, we need them. So if you can, we would love if you can leave a review. Uh, but until then, we'll see you on the socials and we'll see you next adieu, week. Adieu, adieu. Safe travels. Adieu. 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 Enjoy the fun.